Welcome to the Tag Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. If you want to increase the revenue of your business, I suggest you start selling albums. Albums not only will add value to your collections, but they will also add value to your clients' experience. A win-win in my book. I design all my albums with Smart Albums, a software that has really changed my business. With Smart Albums, you can create a stunning album cover to cover in less than 15 minutes. Plus, each stunning spread design has been handcrafted by a graphic artist and it has a huge range of design options and editing tools to give you the freedom to create the perfect design while streamlining your workflow. You can find more information about Smart Albums on pixelo.com. That is P-I-X-E-L-L-U.com. Now, enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Talk Republic. I'm Carolina Gusik, your host, and today we have a fantastic guest with us. This is going to be the second time around here on the podcast, so I'm really happy to have another conversation with Blair from World's Best Wedding Photos. Blair, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's uh, looking forward to 222, right? Um, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, it's an imaginary line, but let's uh, let's move along. <laughs> And you know, high hopes and you know, low expectations, maybe. <laughs> well, that's a good way to approach it, right? I mean, you kind of can't go wrong. Um, yeah, you know, just you know, got to keep your spirits high. And you know, I mean, I think ah, it's all in your perspective, right? I mean, for people who've lost people, if that's not perspective, that's just loss. But you know, for those, for any of us who've been lucky enough to, um, to survive through COVID and the loved ones that we have to survive through it. There's been so much learning and so much creativity and just self-reflection on what to do next that in a way, you know, that's the gift in there. I guess that's the silver lining. Absolutely. Have to, you know, have to look for something, you know, some, some learning lessons out of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really finding that for myself. I'm finding that for my clients. I'm really excited about a new year where a lot of people are actually looking at what we're going to be talking about today is how to shift either into really embracing, um, you know, personal projects, personal things that they love to do, either to just simply survive burnout or to um, bring something entirely new to their life. I'm actually talking to uh, about three to 5% of wedding photographers who are looking to go into something else. And uh, I just, I think it, it's really interesting because I, what I care about most is helping people actually align their lives with their dreams, like really align their life with what, what feeds them. And uh, so it's, a, it's actually an exciting time in, in some ways. Absolutely. Well, before we even jump into today's topic, as you mentioned before, we're going to be talking about personal projects and all that. What about we back it up a little bit? And I know you've been on the podcast before. Maybe people are familiar with you, but in case that somebody's listening to this episode for the first time, what about you introduce yourself and you tell us what do you do? 
Okay, well, thank you. I'm certainly not famous, so I'm sure a lot of people don't know me. Uh, I'm not that kind of personality that cares about that. But I have been in the wedding industry for 22 years. I started out, uh, went to fine art school for photography. Uh, when I got out, I became a portrait photographer, uh, then shot weddings. So I was a wedding and portrait photographer for around eight years. Uh, at that time, uh, I was really trying, again, to support the people around me. So I started uh, Junebug Weddings, uh, which for me at the time was just in Seattle. It was a recommendation list of the people that I love and, and trust in the wedding industry. And it just kind of blew up. So we took it to California, and then we took it to New York, and, and then it went around the world. And it was um, a tremendous amount of fun. Um, but it wasn't Mm. weddings entirely weren't the kind of passion that photography is for me. Mm -hmm. So um, after a few years off, I uh, launched World's Best Wedding Photos, which is a fairly new company. We're not quite two years old yet. And we promote the um, photographers who have very distinctive styles and consistency in their work and great customer service. So it's highly vetted. Uh, we have about 200 photographers on the site. It's uh, we've turned down about 650 applications, and um, that's because when I align myself with a photography company, I really want to know personally how to promote that company. So um, World's Best gives me that option, and it also lets me do what I love to do every day, which is to look at incredible images and promote them. Then I also own Art Life and Business, um, which is a consultant company for photography, and I just, in that, one of the things I do is a very holistic approach. So I don't just help people be successful with their websites and marketing and SEO and those kinds of things, but I really help them build confidence about their own skills and talents and to see the bigger picture in their life, to, to see the opportunities in their life. So I'm busy with photography all the time, but for the most part, unless I have let my schedule go crazy, um, it is deeply rewarding and doesn't really feel like work. I love this. So would it, it, from the story that I just heard, would it be fair or actually true to say that you started Junebug as a personal project? I did. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. I was driving home one um, weekend over the mountains here in Washington with my uh, then shooting partner, Christy Weber. Um, and we had gone to a wedding, which the DJ... Uh, kind of blew the wedding. I mean, mm, we really the worst. Kind of just took over the scene, right? And we had been at a wedding the week prior where the cake literally just fell over. It just sort of melted into itself. And so we were driving on the way home. We were like, we really love these brides and can't stand to see this happen. And so we decided like, why don't we just make a recommendation list? And then we brought in our friend, Kim Bamberg, who is still a very uh, busy wedding photographer. And uh, we built Junebug. And that was, as I say, just a personal project to help people in Seattle. And it wasn't until we went to Los Angeles. And uh, it was funny. We went to Los Angeles. I mentioned to someone at a trade show that we were going to move Junebug to Los Angeles. And they told me that we could never, ever do that, right? Like, there's no way. They said, you basically have to know this this very high-end wedding consultant, Mindy Weiss, and you need to know Monique Lulier, and you need to know, um, you know, these various designers and florists. And we had 48 hours left, and it just the challenge that someone told me I couldn't do it 
Um, what we did first is we went over to Mindy's uh, grocery store that she had just purchased. We found out that she had purchased an organic grocery store and we went over and we just commercial did commercial shots of the entire store and customers and all of that and built a blog post about Mindy's love that got us into her office the next day through her PR. And she literally personally walked us to Monique Lillier's dress shop. And we, uh, within 48 hours, we had met all those key players. We had them signed on to Junebug. And then we were just off to the races one city after another. I love how you're like, well, I'm going to take this challenge and I'm going to make it like, I'm going to own it. <laughs> I Yeah, because there's nothing that makes me happier when somebody told me I can't do something. I'm like, really? Now, if they told me, you know, can you climb up Everest? Well, maybe, maybe not. I'm not interested. But if I'm interested and they tell me I can't do it, then there's no fire like that. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's go really, really basic here for a moment. And let's define what is a personal project. Yeah, so it can be a couple different things, and I love it when it's both. Mm -hmm. So it can be something that just brings you joy, that just helps you ground, um, that gets you in touch with your uh, creativity and with sort of a mm, more quiet place in yourself where creativity is possible. It also can be something that helps you learn something that's very important to you. Um, so for instance, when I first started Junebug, I didn't even know what search engine optimization was. I have literally no idea. And so I thought, okay, this is probably overwhelming. And then when I dove into it, I found that it was a really fun puzzle and it became a personal project of mine. Um, and it was just so great to see the results. Um, you know, now I teach search engine optimization to my clients and I love it. And they always like, first they're like, oh gosh, you know, that's gotta be really hard. It really isn't. It's just a way of looking it's just another tool. And once you can kind of see the pieces, it, it is sort of like a fun game or, or, or a puzzle. Um, so I always like try to find when, when I'm, I always try to get my clients to get a personal project going. And that can be sewing a family quilt. It can be mm -hmm. something simple, or it can be something like maybe they really want to be an educator. So we just start with modules and, you know, maybe that turns into an education empire, but it doesn't really matter. It all happens. Everything that we do happens one step at a time. So what I try to do is to get people to just take that first step and say, okay, what did that first step feel like? Did it, you know, did it ground you? Did it bring you joy? Did it bring you excitement? Did you feel passionate? And if the answer is yes to that, then, then what's the next thing? But it's, it's sort of, trying out those different things that may really feed you um, cre creatively and, and seeing what fits. I love that because this podcast, it's, I mean, now it's a little bit of a business, but it is a personal project, right? Like I started doing this because I'm like, I love chatting. I love marketing. Maybe <laughs> I love chatting with somebody else about marketing. So let's do this. And I remember yes. I lived, uh, my first first. 15 episodes maybe even my first 20 episodes I had no idea if people were actually listening to my podcast I was just like talking some people were extremely gracious and they're like sure I'll have a conversation with you and then I was uploading them into the big internet and that was it I had I was no tracking anything I had no idea I'm like maybe my mom is listening to this and that's it so when I kind of like got a little bit more structure into this and I was like okay well what's the next step as you mentioned right like yes this brings me joy this brings me happiness but 
I do because maybe my personality, like I'm a little bit type A and I need, you know, a structure. I was like, well, let me find out what's happening in here. And then I was really blown away to find out that people were actually following along this journey. So I was like, yeah, this is great. But it's still, even three years later, even though it, it feels more a little bit business-wise, I believe that it still is a personal project because whether it makes me money or not, I enjoy this a lot. Absolutely. And so that's a perfect example of that. Um, you know, I just think as, as photographers, we just put, you know, particularly artists of any kind for that matter, because I just love artists because they're so courageous. Um, they just work so hard and put so much emotionally into that work that brings them, you know, their salaries and helps them pay the bills that often have a really hard time just stepping back, finding some room for ourselves, finding out, you know, what, what it is that we really love and, and uh, want to do just for the sake of doing it. And oftentimes something wonderful comes out of it. I love it. That's anytime you launch um, anything, you don't know if anyone's ever going to look at it, if anyone's ever going to care, if you're doing the right thing. But, you know, if you don't have a life that is full of risk, then you probably don't have a life full of wonderful triumphs. Mm, so good. So while talking about this, you know, kind of like personal projects is starting out as hobbies, right? And like, well, I'm just going to do this because right now it brings me joy. I need kind of like an outlet. So like, you know, can decompress, how could we actually enjoy a personal project without the need to turning this into a business? Because I also feel that's where a lot of photographers we land. My photography business was based also on a personal project. I started taking photos for fun and then one thing led to another. Yeah, so you just, it, it, even if it's going to turn into a business, it, again, it has to start with that first step, right? So it has to be coming from your heart because who really wants a business in the end or anything else in the end if it doesn't come from your heart? So that's really what, you, when you start a personal project, if it's really coming from your heart, and again, like I said, if it just juices you up, if you find this joy in it, then, then and only then is it really worth pursuing right at all and so if you start out with i'm going to do this personal project and i'm going to build a business and i'm going to do all these things you're quickly overwhelmed it's the same game that happens to us with photography right we think okay i have my website together and i have this oh well now i have to be great on social media and i have to have all these vendors that refer me and i have to, and, and as soon as we get into that piling on thinking it is very difficult to get anything done so that's why I always tell people who are, are working on personal projects, just start, just start on the one thing, make it simple because that will make it easy to love. Good. So to follow up this question, let's say that actually currently right now, photographers, we are a little bit overwhelmed. There is a lot of happening, right? We have all these clients that we need to serve, that we need to please. On top of that, we need to be creative. So there is like a lot happening in our brains. Uh, some of us are you know, overwhelmed, tired, how could a personal project actually help us decompress when in the brain, you know, is like, oh my God, I actually don't have time to color or I don't have time to meet or I don't have time to, I don't know, pick up a new language, whatever the case is. Yeah. So those are all interesting things. You, you actually do have those, those things that you said you actually do have time for, um, but you have to look at what else you're spending your time on right? So is it television? Is it 
consuming news that might upset you? Is it, you know, there, you have to look at your whole day. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people out there, I mean, I've talked to people who are literally editing and processing 16 hours a day right now. So if all you can do is to stop for the moment, and this is great to do, absolutely, you should not work more than like, you know, you work like maybe two hour chunks, get up, at least you got to walk around, get a glass of water, sit down for a moment and just take 10 deep breaths get yourself centered again. So you're not just rushing because rushing actually makes mistakes and it's, it tricks your brain um, that there is no time for you to do anything. You're just like in a kind of a panic. So actually it makes you more productive to center. And then just maybe at the end of those 10 breaths, just to say, if I wasn't doing this right now, if I wasn't this busy right now, what would feed me? And at least having that as we come into the new year, some some ability to have things percolate in the back of our minds. So if you don't start your personal project today, that's fine. But really come February in the, in the Northern hemisphere, um, there is going to be space again. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be a little bit more time. So I think uh, everything doesn't have to happen this minute and, uh, and every, and nothing should happen under sort of a panic and pressure. Mm. Okay. That's, that's a good answer because I feel like a lot of people are like, just like so overwhelmed that they're like, they can't even think a little bit about joy. Cause they're like, there's no time for that. And as you mentioned, we also need to feed our brains with joy to be able to be creative. And as you say, to avoid mistakes that are going to cost us more headaches down the road. So it's always good, as you said, to take at least a minute and, and pause. Yeah, it's, it's just so important. I mean, I have definitely, you know, I run two businesses. I definitely put myself in that situation where I will go, 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 go. And then I'm frequently talking to photographers and they're like, I'm nuts, you know, sort of the words, you can also listen to your wording. Um, I hear a lot of people say, everything's crazy. This is just nuts. I'm completely overwhelmed. Um, I don't know what to do. I'm so burned out. I can't stand it. Those, that sort of language also feeds that, right? So if you hear yourself saying it, just back up a little bit and be like, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed, so I need to take some breaths and I need to make a to-do list that is based only on priorities and only focus on one thing at a time. Like how can you create that sense of space? Also right now, one of the things I'm telling my clients is to schedule your what you love for next year on your calendar right now before you start taking jobs. So if it was last year, you really missed having a family vacation, that goes on your calendar. And it, and if it's, you were shooting, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday weddings, and, you know, three days put you in a coma on Monday, then every three weeks, you don't work one of those days, or you work, you, you like you block out a Saturday every month, something like that, that feels right to you. Um, but then you can look forward to it. So when you open up your calendar, and it starts filling up with everything, you can have this special color that is all about you. And you can look at that and go, wait a minute, I have something to look forward to. I am taking care of myself. I love that. And I love being a little bit selfish with my time. Like I learned this a couple of years ago and I put myself as a priority on my calendar. Like I love what I do and I love my clients, but I'm not like, I'm not doing brain surgery over here. This is not something that has to be a priority right now that, you know, somebody's life depends on this, right? Like, 
things can wait a little bit. And one of the things that I do, for example, is my calendar every single day of the week is completely off limits before 11.30 in the morning because I enjoy my morning routine. Like I enjoy doing my yoga. I enjoy going out for a walk. I enjoy sitting with my cup of tea and looking at nothing. That's my time. And people say like, well, what if it's really important? Well, after 11.30, anything goes. I'm open after 11.30. But before that, even if the Pope himself called me, he's going to have to wait (laughs) until 11.30. (laughs) And I have, you know- I have a feeling you might answer, but but, um, (laughs) you know- the, that's wonderful. I'm just finding that out about myself, really, because uh, a few months ago, I decided to not only do my calendar based on time off, but also to do my calendar based on the rhythm of my body. And it sounds like we're very much in the same space. What I was finding is that I would wake up as early as seven o'clock in the morning, literally just throw my laptop on my lap and go at it. Mm. But it just wasn't productive until around 10. And then what I found is that at 10, from between 10 and 6, I'm very productive. Round 6, I start to just, my mind slides off. Oh, my brain so is mush. Yeah, it's just mush. I've had it, you know? So um, then, oddly, I get this other burst around 8.30. And so if I have a ton of work to do, I will then put in another hour and a half or two hours at 8.30. But because it's a natural rhythm of my body, like then I've had dinner, I've relaxed a bit, you know, I have some more energy. Um, it feels much less pressing when I, when I work on those, on just the rhythm of my natural, my natural body rhythm. I love that tip because then again, we all have different rhythms. And if your rhythm is at night, then take advantage of that. If it's early in the morning, take advantage of that. But yes, uh, that was a tip that somebody gave me years ago and like it had stuck to me and I, Ever since I applied, like my my work life balance has been so much better. Nice, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, now let's take a look at the other side of the coin. Let's say that we got a personal project. I don't know. Let's talk about nonsense here. Let's say knitting. Let's say that I love knitting, and I've been knitting knitting so much, and then now people are asking me for you know buy my products because they're so great. How could now turn a personal project into an opportunity? Oh yeah, because it's, it, it happens organically and it's so wonderful. I love that you bring up knitting. I'll tell you a story about that. And then I'll tell you another story about a photographer that is one of my, my favorite experiences um, as a mentor. So there's a woman here in Seattle. Um, her name is Tasha Owen. She's a, a very big hearted photographer. She does way too many weddings for um, less money than I'd like her to charge, but that's like how she likes to, to do it. So she loves nothing more in terms of a personal project than sewing and she sews quilts. And so years ago, she started doing that as um, just a, you know, a way to ground, a way to get some space out of this incredibly busy schedule that she had. And as it went on, you know, at first she was making, you know, your classic log cabin things and pretty soon she started to make these art quilts. Mm. And now she is literally internationally known for her art quilts. Wow. And is thinking about going into like that full time, just doing that, teaching it, creating education online for how she does it. She creates these quilts that don't have, uh, they're not, they're not um, straight lines. So things will be coming off of them. There's a little bit of edges that, you know, will fall over. Maybe there's, she's did this one of a horse where the horse's foot was galloping beyond the, the quilt. 
And so she's won a lot of awards and she's in a position now to do books on quilting, to do shows on quilting, and she can do whatever she wants. So um, when I'll be working with her next year, it's more about uh, that, right? So like moving away. Um, the other one is the first person that I mentored full time. I often did copywriting and curation before this and SEO, but then I decided, well, why don't I just take on uh, the whole mentorship because I seem to have um, a way of building confidence in people that's just natural. And my first client was Christy Odom. Um, she is a photographer from Washington, D.C. Actually, she just recently moved to Denver. And the first time we talked, she really wanted to just get more bookings and raise her prices, which is what a lot of people want to do. Mm-hmm. About 30 minutes into that conversation, I realized that when she talked about weddings, her voice kind of went flat. You know how you feel like when somebody's telling you about something they really just don't really vibe with? Mm, yep. And so um, I said, you know, what do you really vibe with? Like if you could, if you didn't have to have money to live, what would you shoot? And so she's like, I'd shoot wildlife, particularly primates. Um, she's like, I went on this, uh, I think it was a workshop or a conference she had done and where she had shot primates. And she said, you know, I was so deeply touched emotionally about the way they interact with each other you know, in a very human-like way and watching the emotions on their faces and watching this sort of love that happened between um, the different uh, ones in these, in this group. And um, I was like, all right, so let's focus on you getting more wedding clients for the next two years. And during that two years, what can you do to shoot more wildlife, to shoot more primates and to actually take that more seriously, right? Like to come back to, you know, go, go in deciding to create a body of work and each shoot, just thinking about what is that body of work going to be about? Is it going to be about the emotion between the animals? And so that's what she focused on. Then uh, she turned her work into, she went on several, several trips. She turned that work into an album um, of these emotional interactions, particularly among primates. And she turned it into WPPI and nobody thought they were like, what in the world? How are you going to win a portrait or, you know, certainly not a wedding award at WPPI for primates? Well, she won the grand prize for portraits. Oh, wow. I remember watching her go on stage, just ecstatic. I mean, just absolutely ecstatic. And then within, uh, I don't know if it was the next year. I'm, I'm, I remember feelings and I don't remember times and dates that well. Um, so she uh, had her work chosen for the Smithsonian. She had another piece chosen for the Smithsonian. She became a Nikon ambassador. She's now um, has shot articles for National Geographic. And I am assuming she will get on her, their list fairly soon. She is doing worldwide workshops, taking people to shoot particularly primates again, and is a public speaker um, traveling all over the country. So she is living what she wants at the highest level. And it's really because of just starting that one step at a time personal project. That, like I have, I have like chills like of, on that story because sometimes we, we may have these grand dreams that seem so, so unattainable, right? But it all takes is just a little bit of planning and one step at a time. That's it. And, you know, I, I love that you said it's not brain surgery. Like, you know, those of us who aren't brain surgeons, we don't, we don't need to be as freaked out as we are about, you know, I mean, yes, when you shoot somebody's wedding, you better nail it. And of you course, 
you shouldn't be a photographer if you don't have the skills to, you know, the skills and, and personality to nail it. Right. I mean, you should go sh second shoot for someone or go back to school or something like that. So once you have the skill and talent, then the stress is not really that bad. Right. Like, I mean, you know how to shoot and you're going to go. And if you have the personality to love people and support them, then you're going to fit in. So, you know, no, no one is like, as you say, it's it, no one's going to die from, from what you're doing. Correct. Uh, and if you, take these risks. I mean, you're, maybe you're like, well, you know, I want to go shoot commercially or I want to shoot fashion. You just start low. I mean, I love shooting fashion. I happen to know a friend who is a model and sometimes we just go have fun. Oh, you know, it reminds me actually, when I first started shooting, one of the reasons that I was able to be very successful as a wedding and portrait photographer is while I was in school, we had a, a, a portrait class and I was, I went um, to a costume place. It was Halloween and I was at this costume place and I saw this woman and no kidding, her name is Jezebel and she had bright <laughs> red hair and she was just absolutely enthralling. Not so your normal, like gorgeous model, but just the most interesting face. And I could just feel her presence. And so I stopped to chat with her about what she was sewing for Halloween and we hit it off. And I said, would you be interested in being a model for a series of work I want to do? We had a blast for the next two years. We did the, everything crazy, like silly risks and amazing risks. And we would say, okay, if you could go back into history, what would you look like? And, you know, we would do some Greek goddess or we would do, um, you know, a twenties flapper and it sounds goofy, but we would go really intense about it. So like we would use high grain um, black and white film for the old stuff and try to make it look that way. And then we would do these very um, colorful, very uh, dramatically lit fashion shots. That turned into the first show I ever had that got me into the Fry Art Museum. Um, so I had uh, a project that was chosen as an emerging Northwest artist um, then I had my first, I sold my first um, prints from that. Uh, I won several awards in the Seattle area. And because of that, I had those things behind me and I could say, oh, I had my work in a museum. I was able to charge, um, gosh, this is, you know, 15, uh, 18 years ago, I was able to charge $1,500 for a sitting fee for my portraits. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all the extra, the, the wall art, the everything. And, you know, back then that was a lot of money. And I was able to do that in my first year of shooting because of that personal project. Wow. So I embrace personal projects because really they can open tons of doors. Like you don't know where that's going to lead you. And if it leads you nowhere, at least it's going to bring you joy. Absolutely. Yeah. At least it's going to bring you joy. And that's what we all need, right? We all need that so much right now. Absolutely. Well, talking about joy, Blair, what are you currently loving? Okay, so about uh, six years ago, I totally fell in love with hiking. I've always been kind of an outdoors person. I just, nature really fills me up. But um, I love to hike any hikes that have tall elevation that are somewhere between eight and 13 miles. So I'm pretty much trying to find every single one that I can hike in Washington. I did 31 of them last summer. Um, 
I have my garden. I have an organic garden in the back and it's always evolving. And that literally, you know, pun grounds me. Um, and it changes all the time. It's, it's fantastic. The other thing I'm doing is I'm working on a book. I'm about 25,000 words in. I only do that when I feel like, oh, aha, this is what I want to add on the book. I've been writing it for four years. I'm about two thirds of the way done. So this is a personal project for you, this book. There is no schedule. There is no time frame. It's happening organically. Exactly. And so if I have a great idea for marketing it or I have an aha moment. Um, so basically what the book is about is how to alleviate suffering in your own life. And so it's not like, you know, 10 steps to this. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in cookie cutter answers for uh, mental health or for art or for anything. And so it's a kind of a, it's a book that leads people on a self exploration of how to alleviate suffering in their life. Oh, and cool. yeah. And when it's done, it will be done and then I'll market it, but I have no timeline. I only do it when it, yeah, the spirit moves me. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. Yeah. Blair, where could people find you? If they want to connect with you a little bit more. Yeah, but can I ask you one thing? So what's, sure. what, I just want to ask you what you might be doing in terms of personal projects or what you might be looking at. So I'm always so curious. Uh, I always debate because I am not the best at personal projects. Like, let's say that I love yoga and that's like my practice, but I don't know if that's a personal project, but that's something that I enjoy. Right now I'm learning Swedish. So maybe we can take that as a personal project. I am really loving it uh why am i choosing swedish because i watch a lot of tv and i'm watching a lot of tv in swedish so i was like let's try to see if i can do this so it has been great for my brain because i'm learning something completely new and out of my comfort zone and you know things that my brain has never seen so i think that has been really good for my brain for like my attention spam as a photographer i spent as you mentioned hours editing like eight hours a day I'm sitting in front of my computer doing kind of like tasks that my brain uh, doesn't require any thinking so this you know learning a new language has been really really fun so that's something that I am loving right now and that I'm my personal project yeah well you know because you don't know here's what I love about that yes it's opening your synapses it's taking you out of the day-to-day -day routine mm -hmm. Um, it's giving you an opportunity to go deeper into something you like. And who knows? I mean, right off the top, those things are true. The other thing is true. It becomes easier to know other languages. Obviously, now you're going to know at least three. Do you do you know any others? I, I'm fluent in Spanish and English. So Yeah, of course. So, so now you're going to know Swedish, so you're going to know three, <laughs> which is really amazing. I just I absolutely love that. And once you know three, you can know four, you can know five, you can know whatever. And who knows? Maybe you'll go to Sweden and you're going to meet somebody there. Or who knows? That's what I love about that sort of personal exploration is that right now you might go, well, I'm just going to be able to watch a TV show in Swedish. But that is not the end of that story. Once you have a new skill and you, and you get in the habit of feeding your own passions, it's seriously like miracles can happen. It's my, amazing. My I husband, he, he cracks himself up because I'm like, like the, the words that I'm learning, like I, I will, like when we wake up, like I, I, I say hi, like in Swedish. And when we're doing breakfast, like the little things that I know, like I would say them in Swedish. He's like, you're too much, but sure. Give me some more of that broad, which is bread. So <laughs> he, it's, it's a good sport. Yeah, he's a good sport. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And you, and I assume you will you go to Sweden once you learn? Probably. I mean, it's not on my like I we love traveling and before the pandemic we traveled twice a year. I love Europe and but Sweden is not even like at the top 10 of my countries to, you know, go. So, I don't know. Obviously at some point, you know, we're going to have to be Swedish. And so funny that you asked this because I was actually looking at um like the Christmas markets in Norway, they're supposed to be absolutely stunning. And I was like telling my husband, I'm like, maybe next year we could go around Christmas to Norway. And I was like, but I'm learning Swedish. I'm not learning learning Norwegian. I don't know what we're going to do, but you know, it's, it's all for fun right now. So we'll see. Yeah, I bet I bet that takes you there. And if you're looking for Christmas markets, Zagreb in Croatia is unreal. So um, yeah, so where can people find me? Well, two places. My name is spelled Blair, B-L-A-I-R. And so uh, they can reach me at worldsbestweddingphotos.com. So just Blair, worldsbestweddingphotos.com. They can also reach me, Blair, at art, life, and business. And um, so either one, um, they can reach me on Facebook. They can reach me on Instagram. Um, You know, there's there's a million ways to reach out. Um, What I do, so just people know in in addition to... Um, holistic consulting, which is a six month program to um, get your marketing and basically to define your goals mm-hmm. and then get your marketing to where you want it to get and get you on the right direction, sort of push you in the right direction. The way I work is really different than most consultants because I don't tell you what to do. I actually do a lot of it. So when people come to me and they say, I can't write, I will tell them that what is important about copywriting, but I'll do their copywriting. Oh, if I they, love that. Yeah, if they say it's impossible for me to um, put choose my own images, I will do that. And so most of my clients, I will have them send me you know, links to all of their galleries and I'll go in and I literally pick out and put in order every photo for their website, every featured wedding, every single thing. So it's not just me sharing my expertise, it's my, me sharing work that can get you to the next stage so you don't get stuck. Because what I find a lot of times is somebody, maybe they want to start a new website, right? And they pay somebody a bunch of money to start a new website. And then they get this list from the designer. Uh, Can you send me your favorite photos? Can you send me your, your copyright? Can you send me your titles and meta descriptions? And they just say, wait a minute, I thought you were going to do that. I'm so overwhelmed just with, you know, the list you're giving me. Right. And so they're just so overwhelmed by it. So that's where I meet a lot of my clients is they have decided that they need a new website. A lot of times they don't, they're just not aware what their template will do for them. So, um, you know, there's been actually two people this last month that I'm working with who came because they were like, I'm looking at totally rebranding. And we just went in and said, wait a minute, what can you do with the template you have? What can you do with the logo you have? Let's update all this stuff. And it looked radically different. And they weren't really actually aware that they were sitting on that tool already. Good. Right. So good. And I'm actually, I can testify to this because I am a part of World's Best Wedding Photos. And when I was doing all my application, all that, you were like, oh, let me kind of like help you with the selection of your images. And in my mind at the time, I'm like, Literally, she's going to send me like five photos and that's it. And you did like a deep dive. Like I was shocked when I got that email. I'm like, oh my God, she really went like, the list was amazing. You really went like, you you put images in there that I didn't even know that I, I don't even remember that I had. So that for me was like, well, she really went and and looked at everything that was there to look at. 
And I was yeah, really that is, that. Yeah, that is my number one passion. I mean, I just love it. You know, it, I'm working with a, a really great uh, photographer in the Bahamas right now. And I think I spent six hours yesterday going through her galleries and, you know, just picking out what really sings. And so her new website, I mean, every single photo is just going to sell itself, right? Because, you know, when people open up your site, uh, that you have that three seconds to make an impression or they open up your Instagram, you have that three seconds to make an impression. And then everything else has to support that impression. And they, they literally like, you know, I found after doing a lot of researching when I own Junebug, brides make their decision in the first five images. Absolutely. That's, and and so I don't want to say brides. I mean, obviously couples, and couples, but still today, right. A great amount of people, unless you're working for the LGBTQIA community, um, still the woman is making the final decision on the photographer. That's not necessarily true. The couple's more in the location and those kinds of things. But a lot of times it is the, the, uh, the bride, if it is a heterosexual couple um, that is reaching out. And so, you know, you want to make, be sure that those first few photos are selling at that level where, you know, both of them are going to feel comfortable and the bride's going to feel like I'm going to look amazing. And this is, I'm going to feel this way and it's going to be great. Right. So I love that. I love that subliminal sales. Absolutely. And if you want to hear more about this, we actually, as I mentioned before, we had Blair before on the podcast, actually it's episode 158 and it's called or titled how to create a website that sells itself. Uh, it's been one of my favorite episodes and it's been one that has been downloaded the most. So I'm going to link it here on this episode if you want to follow up to that one. Oh, that's lovely. I didn't know that. That's so great. Yes, it was like one of the episodes that ha has been downloaded the most. So I'm excited because people, oh. I mean, th this is one topic that I think people get stuck on it, which is websites, but it's like a necessary tool. So we actually you know, cover all this in that episode. So, I mean, definitely go listen to it if, you, if you're listening to this episode. Oh, that's really sweet. I'm so glad. And I'm so glad that you reached out to me again. I mean, I've just really been delighted to get to know you both through World's Best and in this way. And um, I love this personal project you have called <laughs> The Talk Republic. And I love that you're learning Swedish. You're going to have to call up and... Uh, I'll follow up on that. You're going to have to make me learn a few things, uh, but it's lovely. Just, just an always, always a, a incredible pleasure to speak with you, Carolina. Oh, the same to you, Blair. I always, you know, like I love having you here. You are literally like a world of knowledge. So that's always so good. You have done so much for the wedding industry. And I am really happy that now you have, you know, world's best wedding photos, which I highly recommend for whoever is listening to this podcast, go check it out. Uh, take a look at it. Take a look at the application process. I think that if you can make it into that website, it's going to be really worth your time and effort for your business in general. It, I know for me, it has been a, a really good uh, asset to have. Oh, that's very kind. So well, thank you so much. No, thank you. And thank you to everybody that is listening to this episode. Please remember that if you leave us um, a review, will be fantastic. A screenshot this and tag Blair, tag the Talk Republic so we can share it in our social media. Let us know what you think about personal projects. Tell us what your personal project is. And I can't wait to chat with all of you soon. Chat. I'm only chatting with one person, but you know what I'm talking about. I can't wait to uh, release another podcast episode next week with more information. Until next time, bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for the Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week. Thank you.